I'm a reasonable guy, but I've just experienced some very unreasonable things. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Very Unreasonable Things. I'm Billy Bone and with me is Daniel Sanders. Hi guys. Today we are going to be continuing our journey into our our space movies. So our first one we did was Pitch Black. Yep, Pitch Black. This episode we're going to be covering Event Horizon. Event Horizon. And this was a uh, this was your pick, right? Yep. So why this movie? Uh it's funny because I remember this movie, uh my mom watching it, I think. I think because my mom liked the science fiction space movies. So whenever something like that would come out, she'd uh want to watch it. So I remember watching it back then, like when it came out. And Really, I just remembered it being about space, but I remembered liking it. Like, I remember it being interesting, you know? But, uh, so I wanted to revisit it. I remember it being about space. Yeah. I mean, that's as good a reason as any. I mean, really? I mean, I'm just saying. No, so. It's a space movie. It is. And, like, we, when we get to my movie that I picked on our next uh, episode with me and you, you'll see it, like, it was hard to find movies that specifically horror movies that specifically took place in space that weren't named alien or part of a franchise. Like we don't want to do a part four at a sequence, right? Yeah. Like there's a Hellraiser in space, but why would we jump to that one before we cover Hellraiser or Hellraiser two? Yeah. Hellraiser in the hood. Yeah. There's a, Leprechaun in space, speaking of things in the hood in space. And then you also had Critters in space. I mean, it wasn't called Critters in space. But that one made sense that they finally went to space, being that the Critters themselves are space aliens. Yeah. But but sending Jason Voorhees to space, that doesn't make make as much sense. Yeah. (laughs) Whoops. I just joshed it and made some background noise. So... Event Horizon came out in 1997, and it was directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, who you may know from the Resident Evil movies, all 37 of them. Oh, no, he had uh, COVID for the 36th one, so he ended up not really doing that one. He was just kind of like a consultant on that one. Yeah, and I saw this after I saw the first Resident Evil and so my my introduction to Paul W.S. Anderson, depending on how you feel about Resident Evil, me, I didn't care for it. Uh, I didn't watch the however many sequels there are. I watched the first one and was like, this is, I wanted something closer to the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did like the first couple of them. Um, and the other ones are watchable. I, I do watch them like because we'll watch them during like Halloween and October and stuff like that, a bunch of zombie stuff, you know. 
And uh, I've only seen the last few uh, maybe once. And they do get, start getting like way out there. But the video games do too. You know, where the monsters get bigger and crazier. Yeah. But that was my same thought. Like I wanted what we got with The Last of Us for the Resident Evil movie. Because it's a badass story. And they, they get better. You know? If yeah. they would have done that, they'd have been fucking hits to this day. Because those games were fucking had good stories. What? I think they were hits anyways without them being about. Well, yeah. I mean, they did make a hell of money because people love the shit. You know, but I, I'm talking about like in a more pickier way. They would be like, hits maybe. in your heart. Yeah. Like, well, I was just talking about the stories could be because like I said, they, they do start getting crazy as hell. You know, like I haven't seen past the second Fast and the Furious movie, but just seeing trailers like they get. Oh, yeah. They fly through buildings and shit. Yeah. You know. So. However you feel about Paul W.S. Anderson, he had some stars for this movie. You had Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, Kathleen Quinlan, Jolie Richardson. Like, Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill are some names, right? You got Morpheus from The Matrix. And I'm drawing a blank on the name, but Sam Neill obviously was in Jurassic Park. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and this was, um, from what I read about it, well, before we get into that, let me run down the rest of the statistics, I guess. So, the movie's 96 minutes long. It was released August 15th, 1997. Had a budget of $60 million and only made $42 million, So, it was a flop. They lost money. But from what I understood, or what I read about it, was that the movie was originally longer, a lot longer. And they may, uh, apparently had something to do with the Titanic not coming out when they wanted it to or something like that. So they hurried up and put the movie out and it was uh, chopped down from its original length. And is that why the CGI was pretty bad? Oh, I don't know. But yeah, that CGI was pretty rough. I don't know if uh, that's some of that shit you talk about with uh, going to high def because it wasn't meant for high definition. It was meant for analog or whatever the fuck. So I get that. But a lot of shit did, you know, you could tell that it's, you know, not that it don't look like real life like it did then but it's still okay for 30 years old, you know? Yeah. Well, we're not that far. Well, hold on. When did Toy Story come out? When did the 96? Cause that CGI didn't have to be that crappy. I don't think. 95. I don't know. Yeah, so you already had you already had Toy Story and probably Toy Story 2 by this point. Which I know I'm not saying that Toy Story looks like real life, but you see what quality CGI looks like in those movies. 
This is like watching Nickelodeon CGI. You remember those Nickelodeon shows that used to have like uh, Jimmy Neutron? Or, yeah, like fucking uh, another secret world of Alex Mack or some shit. Was that the name of that show? Uh, I think that was the name of the show. I've never seen it. Yeah, she fucking turned into some liquid thing. Like she could like turn into a liquid and move and then like come back up or whatnot. And like that was her power. And she got into all kinds of fucking misfit with that power or some shit. There might have been some other shit she had. I can't remember. Had adventures. uh, Yeah. Um, That's what some of that blob shit looked like. Man, that shit looked bad. It did. It was like real bad. So it's like, oof. So that was definitely a hit for it. And they start the movie off with, well, they start the movie off with a couple of uh, dates. My favorite one is just right off the rip. 2015, the first moon colony is established. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you thought Back to the Future. I pictures of that, but I was like, ah. You thought Back to the Future Part 2 was ambitious with what, was going to happen in 2015. Look at what Event Horizon had planned for us: moon colonies. Yeah, I know, right? And we would, and at this point, we were only going to be what, like, fucking three years or four years away from like uh, going to Mars or some shit like that. 2032 mining, commercial mining on Mars begins. That was it. Okay, 20, so nine years. Yeah, in 2040, the Event Horizon. Goes off on its uh, maiden voyage. Maiden voyage, and then in my notes I have written twenty forty seven, which is the year that this movie takes place in. Bad CGI. Yeah, they they rushed the CGI. <laughs> yeah, it was oh man, and you start the movie off with the CGI like right after uh, the credits roll, and you see stuff floating in this in this one little chamber. Yeah, that, that connects, that connects the engineering to the Ford deck. Yeah. So they have to establish zero gravity, and it is. It would have been better if they would have tied boots to strings. They established zero gravity for it to not play a factor. Yeah. Inside that ship, anymore. The only time that zero gravity in this movie plays a factor is when the guy gets knocked away from the shuttle in the explosion. Yeah. But we get the movie starting off and it's the Lewis and Clark, a rescue ship. And they're taking, say, uh, you have this, uh, group of, uh, rescuers plus Sam Neill, who is the person that created the event horizon. And they're going on a top secret mission. And it's only top secret until Sam Neill tells them, hey, we're going to the event horizon. And they're like, bullshit. Exactly. Like, I don't know what that's about. Like, they must have been paying that guy, that the ship captain, a lot. Or however that works. I don't know. I guess he was military. What were they? I, I don't know. But they came off a of leave to take this job. Yeah. So you have to assume that they're the best of the best. If they're going on this top secret mission, like if, if they're the ones chosen for this, it's gotta be because they're better than everybody else. Yeah. 
Hopefully it's not a, hey, who's off on Tuesday kind of thing. You're right. It's like, oh. like the Lewis and Clark doesn't have anything going on. All of our yeah. good crews are already out. Ah, fuck it. Send them. Exactly. But and, yeah, I don't know. I didn't know how to take that. I couldn't. I, and I can't remember if it was uh, uh, something like that. Because you would have to tell the motherfucker. It's not like it's like, hey, man, all right, hey, can you come to work Thursday? We're going to be gone for uh, <laughs> seven years or whatever. But but seriously, what was it? It takes like a couple months to get where they're going. So it's like, we're going to be gone for like five months. Easy. Yeah. All right. You don't just be like, okay, let's go. Well, I can't tell you. What the fuck? Really? You're telling me where I'm going in space for five months, dude. What the fuck is this? And You know, so for them to act surprised is the funny part because they had to have been warned. What's a decaying orbit? A decaying orbit. I don't know, but it sounds cool. Well, that's what they said. They received a distress signal from the event horizon seven years after its voyage, and it was there. It was in a decaying orbit around Neptune. And I thought maybe you know if anybody knew, it'd be you. Oh wait, hold on. Okay, hold on. You're talking about what is a decaying. Orbit, orbit yeah in space yeah are you about to look it up um no 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 but i was trying to think like because I, I know that like whenever they talk about you know a regular orbit uh that it's definitely different from i've got it pulled up um orbital decay is a gradual decrease of distance between two orbiting bodies at their closest approach so they're the closest ship- approach. That was it. I don't know. I was trying to remember it, but I, th- I, th- I kept thinking it was the farthest approach, but closest. Yeah, that's right. So the ship is gradually getting closer to Neptune. Yes. Mm. So we get introduced to our characters and you, right off the bat, Billy or, William or whatever, um, where Sam Neill's character, the guy that created the ship, is hearing voices and seeing yeah. visions. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't and been on He sees the vision. Yeah. But it's established later on that like the ship is doing these things, except he's yeah. already seen shit. And he hasn't been on the ship like since, I guess, when he made it. Or well, he designed it, and it all came together. Yeah. So we we get all the guys, we get everybody on the boat, and you're like, you know, what kind of job are we going on? You know, we was on leave, blah blah blah, and they're like, you know, hey, we're we're going to to the event horizon, and they're like, you know, like I said, bullshit, and they're like, what's so special about the ship? And he's like, the event horizon was designed to travel faster than the speed of light. And they're like, well, you can't travel faster than the speed of light. And then he explains how the event horizon gets from point A to point B by folding a piece of paper saying the shortest distance between two points is straight through. And he folds the paper on. He's like, so what we're doing is we're folding space onto itself by creating a black hole, essentially. And the ship goes through the black hole and comes out the other side. Mm -hmm. And it's almost instantaneous. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's some A1 shit right there. It is. So it's it's interesting. I mean, like, the movie has interesting concepts. Yeah. 
and the uh it made me think of because he he said it was essentially like almost like teleporting right it made me think of instant transmission for yeah. dragon ball z yeah and just thinking of goku coming back to earth or whatever planet i guess it is it called earth in dragon ball z yeah it's earth oh that's right yeah yeah yeah, so it just made me, it reminded me of Goku coming back and then doing the uh, Kamehameha in his Cell yeah. games. And you're like, oh my God, he's pointing straight at the Earth. He'll blow up the entire planet. And then he disappears, yeah. he pops up behind Cell and yeah. obliterates him. For two seconds. Yeah, until he regenerates. Oh yeah, you know he's coming back. It was still a good scene though. It was. Did you see the tablets they were using in the movie? Oh, man. Uh, I'm trying to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the tablets they were talking about, like using to communicate and shit. The FaceTime. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just the tablets they were using for all their stuff. They were pretty huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, But they weren't wrong. Well, iPads aren't that big. They're, they're a lot thinner. We are doing FaceTime. Oh, we are. They got that one. Yeah, but everybody's still using radios, though. On some shit like that, motherfuckers are using radios. They're not walking around FaceTiming each other, you know? <laughs> I just I always like in these movies where they're in space, you just get to kind of get to see the technology and see how they kind of interpret it. Yeah. So when they get to the event horizon... It has a very, to me, it has a very distinct look on the inside. And it, and I don't know how much you know about this, but it reminds me of Warhammer 40,000. Yeah, I'm not sure what the hell the what you just said was. So Warhammer is a, uh, a tabletop game, miniatures game. Okay. And like there's two, there's two of them. There's the Warhammer where it's like in a fantasy setting. Mm-hmm. And then there's Warhammer 40,000 where it's futuristic and it's like space Marines and shit. Yeah. And like, it has this very like monolithic Gothic look to it. And that's what the event horizon reminded me of. Like this ship had a very like Gothic look to it. Yeah. I get that. I got that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a lot different than like what you saw in star Trek, you know, in star Trek, especially like the next generation, they tried to make the ship look functional. Yeah. Believable. This is like, no, this is like, here's this big ass fucking ship and it's just going to look like a monument to awesomeness. Yeah. That fucking engine core thing was cool. Yeah. Well, and that whole room is more, like I said, more like Warhammer stuff. It's like covered in spikes. Yeah. What did, what purpose did those spikes have? Seriously, right? They just looked awesome. Just like the fucking uh, meat grinder tunnel that they have to walk through. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. yeah. Like I said, it's yeah. just, it's like, how can we make this ship look badass? Let's rip off Warhammer. And I'm here for it. I'm like, yeah, do it. Yeah, give it to me. It's great. I'll tell you what wasn't great, though, is when they made it to the event horizon and you saw the fucking ice crystals. Oh, dude. Yeah, Those CGI yeah, yeah. ice crystals, man. 
I'm telling you, bud, that shit was fucking bad. Like, it, whenever they have to add Lawrence Fishburne saying the words, it's ice crystals, to us to let us know that that's what we're supposed to be seeing because the CGI is so fucked up, you know you fucked up. Yeah. The, uh, Whoever, somebody said something about it. I think it was him, but I'm not. No, I think it was him. Yeah. It's ice crystals. Yeah, so once we get past this ice crystals, they're, they're searching the ship, and they make it to the command deck. I'm assuming it's the command deck, or whatever you yeah. want to call it. Excuse me. And Lawrence Fishburne, his character, uh, what's his name? Um, Fisher. Fisher. You got it? Uh, is it Fisher? Miller. Captain Miller. Lieutenant Stark, Pilot Smith, Medical Technician, Peters, Engineer, Mr. Justin, Dr. DJ, and Rescue Technician, Cooper. But he, they get to the, the command deck and, you know, Miller's like, hey, check the ship's logs. And they pull out a fucking CD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about yeah. being way off base. No, yeah, no, it's fucking funny because it's like shit. No, nah, ain't no way. You got FaceTime. It is funny. Yeah, and <laughs> you you, you predicted that, but you're still yeah, on you're fucking CDs. Black hole technology, <laughs> right? But you didn't realize that flash drives and SD cards were going to be the future. Yeah, which is funny because I guarantee you that they had something like that or working very close to it in 1997. You know? Well, I think they had memory cards back then, didn't they? I mean, shit, they had them for the PlayStation 1 and the PlayStation 2. That's true. So they're this big. (laughs) They're this fucking big. But it is funny because, uh, and then whenever the CD came out, it got stuck. Yeah. It's like, nah, motherfucker, once you got hands on it, it's yours. It ain't right. stuck anymore. <laughs> the only time it's stuck is when the motherfucker won't come out at all. That's what I know. Stuck. I, I was thinking the same thing. Like, it would have been better if it was a VHS tape. Oh, man. And they pulled great. it out and uh, the tape was all fucking ate up. <laughs> no, it's like they pull it out and it's caught, but they're way too late. So then they're trying to, like, get it without ripping it. And it's a five-minute fucking scene. Yeah. Do you see the floating corpse with no eyes? The corpse with no is what the what? It was missing its eyes. The floating corpse with no eyes. Mm-hmm. Wait, where was that at? Who was that? Because there was a couple no eye things in this. Yeah, movie. and this is like the first one I think before they see the uh, footage. Yeah, that was that was in the footage. That was the guy yeah. with no eyes, right? Yeah. There was just a there was just a corpse floating by. I think it was yeah. in that main deck. Because at the same time, when they're doing this, Justin is at the gravity drive. Yeah. And he, he touches, and you get some more top-notch CGI here. And when I say top-notch, I mean ass. He sticks his finger in it, and he pulls some out in that horrible little CGI scene. And then he puts his hand further in, and then he gets pulled into it yeah. all together. Yeah, it was a fucking bad CGI. Like, they should have figured something else out. 
and then I think uh, Cooper went in to save him. And while that was happening, the ship got wrecked. Yeah. And so there's a large portion of this movie that's dedicated to repairing his ship. Well, for oh, one character dude. or two characters, like this is what they're doing for the entirety of the movie. Yep. It's so crazy, man. Because like they're working on that fucking ship, like you said, for the entire movie. And it's just terrible timing because <laughs> as soon as they get it, get it fixed, it's uh, not going to last. No. Well, when they fix it and I don't, you know, I don't know if this works or not, but they, uh, they patch it with like, uh, I guess some metal sheets. Yeah. And, and rivets. It, yeah. <laughs> and just drive some rivets through it. Like yeah. I've, I'm, like, not, Ooh, I'm awesome. I'm not, an engineer by any stretch of the imagination, but there's part of me that just doubts the strength of that fix and the air tightness of it, you know, like if you'd have been welding it, I could have been like, okay, you've sealed the gaps, yeah, but you didn't. So in my mind, if a, if a piece of that ship, like a piece of that metal isn't true, and it's got like a bend in it somewhere. Well, then you just got the same fucking problems. Yeah, exactly. But I could be wrong. Once again, not, not an engineer. Didn't design the event horizon. So what do I know? Didn't figure out how to fold space time. I know that's right. You brought up the guy that was in the fucking uh, elevator. And did you ever see idle hands? Yeah. That's literally the only thing I, I remember that that guy in that he's been in other than this movie. Do you remember him? Uh, he was the one that was like uh, fucking listening to Shout at the Devil all the time. So whenever they linked the hand to some devil shit, they went straight to him. Was it? It was the dude in like the, uh, the muscle truck. Oh, man. Wasn't he in another fucking movie? Um, I don't remember the name of it, but it's it had... Mark Paul Gossler, who played Zach Morris. Yeah. Where they tried to get a roommate to kill themselves in college so they could pass. I don't know if he's in that. He's definitely not one of the main characters. I thought he was the guy that they were trying to get kill himself. Mm-mm. That dude was, uh, wow, what is that dude's name? But it's not him. It's the same dude that's the uh, cop in Jason versus Freddy. That guy. Fuck, I don't remember that. Oh, come on. You remember cop and Jason goes, Fred. I don't. Fred? Uh, he's the only cop that starts believing him. He's the young cop. Anyway, that's the John- guy they try to kill. Dead man on campus. Yeah, dead man on campus. It was going to bother me, and then all of a sudden it just came to me. Yeah. Because Zach Morris was getting high in that movie all the time. Yeah. I actually thought about a scene from that movie like a couple of days ago because I loved that movie. That came out like prime time. I think I was like 13, 14 when that shit come out or something. And like, I loved it. But, uh, he was, they're partying their ass off, you know, and the other guy's real smart. He gets to college and starts partying and grades start slipping. Yeah. But it's like a montage of all the partying and, um, 
I don't even remember his name in the movie, but Zach Morris is like asking them for papers. And he's got yeah. a big bag of weed. And then it fades into the professor saying, uh, <laughs> pulling up the papers in class. And it's like a final <laughs> exam, but he hasn't gotten anything on the, anything yet. He was asleep. Anyway. <laughs> so after I randomly the- <laughs> thought of that. After they pull uh, Justin out of the magnetic drive, Miller orders the drive shut. He wants it sealed off. Yeah. And Sam Neill um, or Dr. Weir is against that. And like, why? Why do you need to be by it? If the ship isn't powered, there's really no reason to be in there in this room with giant ass spikes. Yeah, exactly. But he has to get in there. Yeah. But Lawrence Fishburne was fucking smart, man. That motherfucker. Um, what was it? Miller. Yeah, Captain Miller. Yeah. Was smart about it because he was like, you're not going on there yet. I want you sitting right here. We're going to go check everything out. And you sit here by the comms and let us know if we have any questions. You answer our questions. Because he really oddly, really badly wanted to go on that fucking shit. Which doesn't make sense. If if he's being possessed by the ship, right. Or if the ship's having an influence on him, that shouldn't have happened to him because he wasn't there. It only happened to the people that went into these other places. Right. Yeah. So like it should have happened to, it should, it should happen to Justin because he went into the magnetic drive. So wherever that ship had been, yeah. he had been. Yeah. But Weir hadn't been there. So for him to, you know, be so adamant about some of these things seems a little off base. But the Once ship starts actually gets on the ship. I could see that. Yeah, because the ship's At, fucking with your brain. Yeah, because you see it with Peters. She starts having visions. She sees like her uh, her child with like their legs fucked up. Yeah. And so, who else? There's somebody else that has a vision. I, oh. Fuck. Well, yeah, a lot of them have visions because, and it's all like uh, guilt-ridden visions. Yeah, yeah. The ship's like the captain playing. Lost the guy, huh? Yeah, that's it. The flaming body. Yeah, the captain lost a guy and couldn't yeah. save him. And now he is. The ship's playing on like your fears and your guilt yeah. and things like that. Which is another like side thing I do like that it went to that it went to a specific thing. Yeah, not that it's unique. Other things have done it before, but it hasn't been done a lot. No, it's, th- it goes after your fears and shit like that, but just like your guilt where it really would get you. And that could really be the easiest way to hook you if because now your brain's fucked up and you're seeing this thing that you might be able to save and you might be able to redo it. It could fuck your mind up and make you be like, what? And follow your kid because why the hell's my kid on this shit? Yeah. The, the movie, too, I thought had w- a combination of just the setting and design of the ship, uh, the subject matter, the story is telling. I thought it had some creepy moments, like genuinely creepy moments. Yeah. There was points where I was watching it. I'm like, you know, this is, this is pretty good. You know, I like what they're doing here. Like, yeah, this works, you know, unfortunately, and I say it again, there's, Every now and then, there's shitty CGI, though, to take you out of that moment. But it has some yeah. moments. And it's it, 
has parts where it can be unsettling, which is what you want when you're watching a movie like this. And and that's what they were going for, I'm assuming. So kudos to them. You know, good job. It's like they had good ideas and they did have a good way of they were wanting to execute it, but they just, I guess, ran out of money and got rushed. Well, they may have, yeah, got rushed, $60 million. CGI is the worst part of the movie. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah, this yeah it it looks, and I know we've talked about this and and we've harped on it some, but it looks like placeholder CGI or like you know what you'd see like in the first draft of a CGI scene before yeah. it's fine tuned, yeah, and finished, like when the Hulk is gray and looks like clay, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that still looks better than this shit. It's just not the right color and shade. So we got the ship and it's fucking with people and people are getting on edge and they want to get the fuck out of Dodge. And one thing I, one thing about the movie that did, didn't sit well with me. Uh-huh. Like I'd have rather this movie be two hours and 10 minutes long. Cause I feel like this 96 minute version is just humming along. It's moving quicker than I would like. I don't, I don't think it's, taking the time to let things set in on some, some instances and you're not getting sufficient time to build up. I feel like you're right with that because there's several big things that have to happen Mm -hmm. and they have to happen in a short amount of time. And whenever it's rushed like that and you are not ready to nothing and it's like, okay, they got this thing done. Now they got to get this thing done, you know? And the first thing is like getting there, telling everybody what's up. They fucking go on the ship, check it all out. Okay. Now shit's starting to happen. So then the fucking, their ship blows up or what the fuck ends up happening? You had said it a second ago and then they had to fix it. The right. ship, the the whole integrity of the ship had been compromised. And Clark. Yeah. Yeah. And so they had to repair it. And like I said, people started getting on edge and yeah. this is happening all so fast. And in the midst of this, like Weir just loses his fucking mind. And he's, you it's just so quick. Like the movie to me needed to be, like I said, it needed to be, this is a movie that needed to be more than two hours, I think. Yeah. And I, I would have loved to have seen that version of the movie to where maybe the pacing, assuming that, those that extra time is spent on story and pacing. Yeah. Just cause it doesn't like Sam Neill's character losing his shit like that doesn't feel earned. Uh, I guess if that makes sense. Yeah. Like we, we see little flashbacks about his wife. Uh huh. And then, you know, we've got that, that guilt shit. Yep. Same as everybody else. And I guess they're trying, they want to set you up or set him up as the the villain by showing his visions earlier than everybody else's before he even gets on the ship. Yeah. But I think, you know, if you, if there's more time on the ship, you know, between them getting, them boarding the ship and then people dying yeah. and just setting up a little more, I think it'd have been better served. Yeah, I think that, um, like, 
they really don't say anything about anything whenever it comes to the people starting to get possessed. It lo- does look like they just get on the ship and it starts happening. Yeah. But like we're talking about with him, with Sam Neill's character, he uh, it's right out the gate because he has his nightmare vision immediately bef- whenever they come out of hyperspace or whatever the fuck and they're, they're going to come out of stasis. Because mm-hmm. then he actually does get woke up. Oh, yeah. Awakened and whatever. So it must be whenever they get in the area of it. That's a good call. Explain that. That's a good call out because I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, him having a uh, nightmare when he was still sleeping or in his little jar. But they were there because it was like, hey, we're fucking here. So then they fly up to it and they start doing their business. So it might maybe just in a certain area, but they don't ever say anything about that. So, but that might be it. That might be it. It might have a little bit of a range. Well, does it doesn't say that it fucking, that it completely takes his shit over, but everybody else, they have to get on the ship. Yeah. Because Coop, cause when Cooper was outside repairing the ship, it didn't affect him. Yeah. The only person that seemed, the, the person, the only person got affected was Weir. Yeah. And I know that it's because he built it. But at the same time, now, and that might be the other thing, because uh, I know this is whatever, but eventually Weir starts spilling his guts about what he knows about everything. Yeah. And he says that the ship is alive now. We'll get into the fine details later, but the ship's alive now. So maybe the ship knows his creator. You know? Maybe. So he's like, hey, guess what? I'm coming to get your bitch ass. I, I called you here so I could take us to what real home is. Or whatever the fuck he said. Were you disappointed that we didn't get to see what was inside the black hole? Uh, no. If they remade the movie and they <laughs> made it good, then yeah, I'd want to see because they could pull it off. <laughs> you don't. You don't want to see it with this CGI though. Uh, uh-uh. uh. It would have just been like black liquid with like a monster moving around in it a little <laughs> bit or something. I'm kind of curious. I was kind of curious because um, anytime there's something like that, my mind goes to Lovecraft. And I, I'm curious as to what their vision of it would look like, but hesitant like you to see it because I know the CGI would be so bad. Yeah. It'd be horrible. And they probably didn't have the budget to do that anyways. Like I said, they are, they spent $60 million. And now, which, I mean, they the ship looks good, so you can yeah. see where the money went. Yeah. Just, I wish that CGI budget was a little larger. So Justin loses his fucking mind. Yeah. He fi- he finally wakes up from his shit after other people have been seeing visions and stuff, and he he gets into the the airlock. Yes, of um between the two ships, and he he's opening the door, and he comes to his senses like right before. And at this point, uh, Lawrence Fishburner, Captain Miller, is getting ready to jump and grab this dude. And he's like. And he tells him once he snaps out of it, like, close your eyes, curl up in a ball, and shoot out all your breath. Yeah. And he like gets how to survive implosion. Yeah. 
<laughs> he gets sucked into space. Never thought I'd hear that. And Captain Miller grabs him and carries him back in. But even with the bad CGI, that was still a cool scene. Like you see the blood coming out of him, just kind of drifting away. Yeah, that was pretty neat. Oh man, but. Dude, what kind of life is he gonna have after they saved him? Like his, I, I'm assuming his eyeballs popped. I mean, exactly right. Like you I'm never injured. see him again. I mean, you don't. You see him, but you don't see him in a way that you know you see other characters. You just see him in a tube at this point, and we just oh, know yeah. he's fucked up. Exactly. Like that shit's crazy as hell. Because that's what I was thinking. I was like, this dude's dead. Like, he might not be at dead yet, but he's going to be dead in fucking five minutes. You know what I mean? Because all of his veins and capillaries and fucking eyeballs done busted and shit. Yeah. He's fucking bleeding from everywhere. But this dude's a fucking goner. Yeah, that's yeah, what you're I... Right. But you, you brought up something I wanted to touch on is the fact that whenever he... Um, after it's there's no turning back and he's about to die. And yeah. he has that 10 seconds or whatever of like, oh, shit, what the fuck's going on? It snaps it out of him completely. And now he's back. And he's like, what the fuck? Open the door. What are y'all doing? And then he gets sucked out and gets instructions on, you know, how to not die. <laughs> and uh, and then later, you know, a little bit, we uh, we have another death that has something very similar to that. It's a lot quicker. You know what I'm saying? But it's very, very similar. My I think question. You probably know what I'm talking about. Huh? I, I think I do. I mean, my question is: is does every movie that takes place in space have to have somebody getting sucked out into space or something? I mean, I guess, but because it happened in Alien. Yeah. Well, it happened in Alien twice. Yeah. Wait. Or did it happen three times? No. How did the queen? I would, I would expect it would happen, huh? How did the queen die in Aliens? Sucked out by out of the thing. I don't know. I haven't seen those movies in a long, long time. Well, I know the original. I don't remember anything from any of them. I know the, the original. I remember Alien. more from the first one, but I know the original remember. Alien got sucked out into space. I know that Ripley fought the Alien Queen in the uh, yellow suit in Aliens, and in Alien Resurrection. That white alien hybrid got sucked through like a little hole. Uh huh. You remember that? Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh, well, go back and rewatch it then. It was, it was. I was actually talking about talking to Michael about rewatching uh, the alien movies. He said he had just done a re- rewatch on them. Ah. He said that a lot of the older ones he had never seen before, but he was just kind of, you know, going through it. I think that he had said he had seen the first two. And then, um, whatever. You know, I didn't see this until a couple of years ago. Like, this is a a more recent watch for me. I just, for whatever reason, it had uh, come and gone, and like I knew about it and had meant to see it, wanted to see it, just didn't see it for whatever reason. Yeah. And then you picked it, and you know, which I'd seen it. It may have been like within the last two years, honestly, Daniel, when I first saw this movie. And then you picked it and it's like, well, this will give me a chance to rewatch it because I couldn't remember how I felt about it. Yeah. Which is odd because you think that you would have kind of judged yeah. it a little bit more. 
Yeah, I thought uh, I thought I would have seen it before now, but or before like the last two years. Yeah, seriously, it's crazy though, because uh, we were talking about the um, the log, the captain's log with the mm-hmm. video and everything. And I meant to say this when we were talking about it, that like for a second, it looked like everybody who was on that ship at that moment dying different ways. Like I was like, holy shit, is this like going to be some type of time loop situation where now they see that that's them that's fucking dying and yeah. some crazy shit? Because the motherfucker that had the eyeballs in his hand and shit looked like uh, Sam Neill, like that could be him. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, what the fuck? So it was while, and there was one person in the tank. And during all that, there was one person in the tank, uh, which was who we just talked about. What's Justin. Name? Justin. So it was really crazy. I was like, dude, what the fuck? But it ended up not being that. But I thought that's the direction they were going to go. Yeah. Well, that could have been, that could have been interesting. Yeah. Time's hard to do though. Yeah. And that time machine warp would have been well. No. <laughs> I mean, but at this point, you've already bent space. So what's what's time travel? Oh yeah, like that's why I figured it was going to be that. You know what I'm saying? Because whenever they open yeah. up a wormhole and they jump through it eventually, if they haven't or whatever the case may be, there's no goddamn telling where you're going to end up on the other side. You're going to be Neil Armstrong in it. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I might go die. You know what I'm saying? But let's see. Hopefully I make it back and I can tell what I saw and bring back these demons. <laughs> <laughs> so after Justin tries to kill himself, you know, they're they're just like, hey, we're we're fucking done with this ship. And we've we they've been working on repairing the other ship. That's the other thing. Yeah. And we forgot yeah, we about that. Started. Yeah, they had to they had to start repairing the other ship because They've only got 20 hours worth of good air. Yeah. Because they got, uh, it's the oh, good yeah, air is being right. replaced I with CO2. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. So you have this this imposed time limit, 20 hours. Yeah. And it, and it seems to be flying by, just like the movie. And they're working on the ship, you know, getting the ship fixed. And, you know, they're like, hey, you know. Where are we at? And they're like, oh, you know, we've we've got it fixed. We've got it fixed. Like, all right, we're getting off the ship. And Weir's like, no, we we can't leave. You know, we have orders. We're supposed to, you know, investigate and find out. And you know, Miller's like, no, no, we're get, we're getting off the ship. And then Weir just steps back into the shadows. He's like, we're going home, and he's like, I am home now, or some shit like that. And he just disappears into the shadows and Miller lets him fucking go. Yeah, like that was weird. It's like it must might be my imagination. I might be looking too much into it. Yeah. Like this guy isn't gonna do anything suspicious. I know, and he already didn't trust him because he wanted to come so bad in the beginning. He's like, No, you sit right here, we're gonna check this out, then we'll get you if we need you. Yeah. So he already don't trust the motherfucker. And I liked it. I mean, I did like the scene when uh, Sam Neill stepped into the darkness and he just fucking disappears from yeah. sight. <laughs> but it's like, you don't think to give like a heads up, like, hey, we're just fucking said he's home now and stepped into the darkness. Y'all guys be on the lookout for anything suspicious. Yeah. 
He's going to no. wait for someone to, him to rip somebody's fucking eyeballs out and do some insane shit before he's like, hey, yeah, it was that guy. Take him out if you see him. <laughs> right. He fucking disappears. Oh, shit. And he's, he's, uh, they get the ship repaired and I think Lawrence Fishburne is on his way to the ship and he notices that the fucking explosives are gone. Yeah. And so he calls the other guys. He's like, Hey, is we're on the ship, you know, like I said, if you see him, take him out. He's like, I think he put explosives on the ship. Like it didn't occur to you to go check that first, or like once he disappeared from your fucking sight, and he and you know that he doesn't want y'all to leave this fucking ship. You didn't go check the one set of explosives in the entire place. I know, right? And then he goes back and he's like, "Yep, he fucking did it." So be careful. And then this other dude's like, "No, we just got it fixed." And that's what I was talking about a second ago. Like, because then he's looking for it, and he finally finds it with five seconds to spare. Yeah, dude, and it's like the movie couldn't help itself. I, I hated, I didn't mind him getting blown out into space mm-hmm. and then him finding a way back by, you know, blowing his suit's oxygen. Yeah, I actually like that whole thing that they do in space movies with that because it seems so like, Genius. Yeah, it was the one-liners and stuff that he was oh, spouting yeah. off. That was like, I don't know that I would be spouting one-liners if I was getting shot into the depths of space. I'd be shitting my pants. You know, really? Zero gravity. <laughs> <laughs> See the little nuggets float up into your helmet. Yeah, I know, right? But uh, yeah, I could have done without the one-liners when he was floating back. I did, and yeah, him... You know, being like, you know, hey, think of a solution, think of a solution, cool. But then when he comes back, he's even got one as he comes towards the glass. Yeah. He's he's like, was it I'm back, bitches, or something? I can't remember. Yeah. And it's funny because I don't know if you were like this or what, but like I remember being like this for the most part, where one-liners were just a thing. You had to get your you had to give the cool guy or your hero or or your villain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a one-liner. They all had to have one, but your hero had a couple. I mean, he had like several or whatever, right? So you'd have them, and they were just a staple. You had to have them. And they were like, oh, people are going to love it. People are going to love it. But I remember fucking, for the most part, being like, goddamn, like it's just <sighs> silly. Not yeah. now, When I was seven, you know what I'm saying? And fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger talking about it's not a tumor. That shit's funny to me. I'm laughing. You know what I mean? But whenever I get a lot of got a little bit older, you know, and, and you're just like the one liners are kind of goosey. But sometimes they're like, okay, that one was good. That one worked. You know? Well, you know, you every once in a while. Found out what fucking tumor was, and you're like, hmm, that's not funny. That's serious. Yeah. That could kill you. Weird rips out his eyes. Yeah, what the fuck? Hold up. All right, so the doctor and the guy that uh, who was the pilot who was uh, found the bomb and it blew up in his face. Mm-hmm. Before that, was that her situation or was it after? Because they were getting oxygen tubes. No, 
Yeah, hers was before him. Right before him, we skipped a death. It was that uh, the doctor lady. Because they got tubes, and when he, she was behind him, he tur- she turns around because she starts seeing her kid again. Yeah, they're and getting the CO2 scrubbers. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that it was oxygen, like oxygen tanks. But um, but they go do that, but she gets held back because she's seeing her kid. She mm-hmm. chases him up to some high fucking thing, and then she's walking towards him. And then she walks over a ledge. Well, thank God for the spiky walls and spiky floors of this next room. Yeah. But uh, but she uh, she fucking falls to her death. But that's what I was talking about before. When she falls and she gets kind of past that point of not stepping back, you're fucked. Yeah. There's no way snapping out of whatever. You could correct yourself and live. You're fucking dead. That's when she come out of it. And she was like, oh, shit. And then she falls. So it like it hypnotizes you, but not long enough for you to fucking feel that fear of de- death coming. It, it, let, it lets you snap out right before you die so you can yeah. suffer. And it's crazy because the pilot guy, did he have anything? Did that guy have any visions? The dude that found the bomb and blew up in his face? Uh, I think he might have been like, the, was he, he was the one that was adamant about getting out the whole time, wasn't he? Yeah, he wanted to get the fuck out of there yeah. the whole time. He didn't want to be there. And then he wanted to leave as soon as they got there. Yeah. Why was there a, just a big fucking open pit that led back down to the gravity drive in that one chamber? Where she walked off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where she died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. have no fucking clue. Like, it didn't need that much goddamn room. It's like, hey. Showing it from afar, it looked just like it was in a room, but apparently it was 50 feet of free space above it. Yeah, just there's a fucking hole in another and in the floor above it that you could fall yeah. through. Yeah. I do feel cheated with the spikes though. Nobody died on them. Yeah. Nobody got impelled. You got all these spikes. I mean, yeah, you would think somebody would have got fucking thrown into that goddamn uh, hallway. <laughs> right. With the meat grinder. Some, yeah. That was so serious. That looked like a Freddy Krueger nightmare. Seriously. That yeah. looked like a, a Freddy nightmare. So, like I said, we were ripped out of his eyes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I did cut you off. No, 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 no. You're fine. We're yeah. fine. We'll go back to it. But we ripped his eyes out. And apparently when you rip your eyes out, you gain superhuman strength. And endless pit eyeball holes. <laughs> did you notice that? That shit, like that shit went on for fucking ever. Or was that just me? Dude lost his fucking eyes, got super strong, and apparently had no problem seeing anything. Uh-uh. Cause they he's don't need eyeballs where they're going. Oh yeah. Uh, we it's like you don't need eyeballs. You don't need eyes to see the uh where you're going or whatever. It, it was close. It was close. Like, no word to describe it. It was close to the Back to the Future quote. Yeah, oh, when yeah, he says like, yeah. Because that's immediately what I thought of. Like, yeah. hmm. Because there was another one, and I can't remember what it was, but there was another saying that they, or something they said that reminded me of another movie. But, uh, but you know, whenever he ripped his eyeballs out, that's another reason that I went back to the theory that this was going to be some time traveling shit. Because now his face is all fucked up and his eyes are missing. So I didn't know if he was going to pull his eyes and have them in his hands. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like... It's weird. There's a connection there. You know what I'm saying? So it makes me think, like, where's there more to the story that they also cut out? 
that might have had something to do with that. They might have wanted to go that direction and it was like, no, let's just cut tail. They got to get, they're trying to get home. Oh, they blow the shit up. Dude, you know what a cool scene was? What's that? When he, when Weir kills DJ. Yeah. And he fucking strings him up. Yeah. And like his skin's, you can, oh, that yeah, was a good one. Malfoy's dad. Oh, is that who that was? Yeah, that was Lucius, Lucius Malfoy. Oh, my Lucius, God. Lucius. Lucius. I'm about to go back and watch He's it. In other, in other good shit, but, you know. Yeah. It's here. Yeah, that was a, uh, that scene, man. Yeah, that was, that was pretty yeah, intense. Cause, yeah, because that's who he was talking whenever, I, earlier I had mentioned, talking to the guy like waiting until Weir starts really fucking shit up to be like, okay, hey, he fucking killed such and such and such and such. If you see him, take him out. Yeah. And uh, and he's like, yeah, sure will. And pulls a fucking saw, turns around, and gets immediately fucking killed by Weir. Right. <laughs> Who did he kill, though? Because Weir did straight kill the motherfucker. He blew up the shit. But he also killed someone else. No, he thought he did. But he ends up flying back. Yeah, that's what it was because he, he called out two names, but one of them is the guy that blew away and is yeah. trying to get his is currently on his way back. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and they uh, they make it to they're back at the bridge, uh-huh. and Weir's just like one handed picking people up and tossing them and shit. Oh yeah, he's fucking them up easy. It's like the one girl Miller woke her up with like the smell and salts. Yeah, and then she immediately gets knocked out again. Because Weir oh, throws her into a fucking wall. I know, right? And old dude comes flying back in. And he has this little, like, I'm I'm back, whatever he said. Yeah. And, you know, Miller then told Weir, like, hey, you know, if you if you shoot the hole, you know, this is going to happen. And Weir's like, what makes you think I'll miss? And I, I was waiting for Miller just to be like, you don't have any fucking eyes. That's what makes me think you're going to miss. Yeah. But... Guy comes to the window, man, and fucking Weir takes a shot at him with that nail gun. And it punctures the glass. And Weir gets sucked out into space. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. It's so crazy because whenever he gets this gun, he was like, uh, if you miss, you're going to blah, blah, blah. He's like, I never miss. And he fucking shoots and misses and fucks all kinds of shit up. And it's like, it was so funny to me. I know that's pretty much what you were just saying, but like, yeah. God damn, it was so funny. Cause it was like, and I don't think it was intending to, but, and the way that they were holding on while that, all that was happening, uh, was kind of funny because it seemed like they just had a huge fan on them, like the <laughs> actors, and they had them just kind of walk like wiggling, on whatever object they were hanging onto. And at one time the girl scoots and it doesn't look like it's cause it's passable, you know, but whenever she scoots a certain way, it don't look like it anymore. It looks like she's just laying on the floor. Like it was just pretty funny. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, they got sucked out. So he's dead, right? He's gone. Like yeah, he's done. He's, you just got fucking sucked into space. Yeah. So now we gotta, we gotta find a way to fucking survive on this ship now, like, because our other ship is blown all the fuck. The twenty hours we spent repairing it, all for oh, nothing, yeah. immediately destroyed. So 
they're going to go back to something that, you know, we were told them earlier in the movie, what the explosives were for. And it was to separate the two parts of the ship in case of something catastrophic happening. Yeah. The engineering could separate from the the forward deck and it could act as uh, a, li- a lifeboat. Yeah. So they're like, hey, we're going to do this. Um, and there's, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there's something I want to talk about with the whole thing. But that that's their plan. So that's what they're going to do. So uh, at this point, you know, they're, they're getting everything set up and uh, Miller goes into the the hallway with all the explosives yeah. to, you know, prime them, get them ready to blow. And Weir comes back. Yeah. But now he's got cuts all over himself. He's got his eyes oh, yeah. back. Yeah. And like- he's <laughs> shaved bald. Yeah, he uh, had a hell of a few minutes, and because it yeah. does just pop back up on him, and he's like, he's like, the ship won't let me leave, or the ship's not going to let me leave, or some something like that. You know, he's fully embraced the uh, the the darkness, and every time you see him speak at this point now is an extreme close up of his fucking face and his eyes. Oh yeah, I mean, it is a super 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 close up because they're really trying to show off that makeup. Which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, that was the best like effects. The practical shit looked. Yeah, it's just that fucking digital shit, man. Yeah, but every time he talked, they would, uh, like I said, they would zoom in on him. They're having their their little fight, and Miller's getting his ass kicked. There's no two ways around it. Like Miller's beating the shit out of him, or not beating the shit out of him. We're Weir's beating the shit out of Miller. I'm sorry. Miller has some moments where he hits him with like a pole or something like that, but Weir's fucking up Miller. Yeah, you got me fucked up when I said I just read yeah. the same shit you said, but yeah. Yeah. And he does his little crawl over to the detonator. And he has like a little one-liner. It wasn't as cheesy as what the other guy had when he was floating through space, so it didn't bother me as much. But yeah, he he blows the ship and the explosives go off. Yeah. And his one liner is something like, yes, I can, or yes, it can, or some shit like that. Oh yeah. Can you see, can you, he asked him if he could see now yeah. and he said, yes, I can. So Miller makes the hero sacrifice to save the, to save Justin, to save Stark and to save Cooper. Yeah. Cooper. Yeah. So what I wanted to talk about is when these explosives go off, you're, the idea is that the forward <laughs> deck remains undamaged, right? Yeah, the, the forward deck that's connected to this exploding hallway. Yeah, it's yeah. supposed to remain undamaged so it can support these people, but that explosion seemed like it was kind of fucking things up. Yeah, it like destroyed everything except for that pod. Yeah, it's like maybe you could have planned these explosives better or something. I don't know. Yeah. But then yeah, you get you get these people now they're they're stuck in this floating ship and so the only thing they can do is go into these fucking stasis pods or whatever. Yeah. Which I don't understand. And and correct me if I've missed something here. 
But if they didn't have enough air to breathe before for more than 20 hours, how all of a sudden do they have enough to be in these pods and not die? I don't know. Like the pods have to be something special. Because yeah. When they're on those pods, I, I don't, well, I didn't look close enough, but I don't think they had anything on their face. Now they had a, they had a tube. They did have a tube. Yeah. Miller had a, I, not Miller. I, I mean, we're, remember. when we're first uh, has his first vision and he's yeah. inside the tube. I mean, inside the pod, he has a tube in his mouth. Okay. Yeah. So then that is crazy. Cause that would be the air. I didn't know if it was going to be some special shit and they were just in there. And all that was in their lungs because every one of them fuck come out and they start coughing this shit up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like anyone that they, any, everyone they showed wake up through this shit is like coughing and freaking the fuck out. I know that's because of dreams too, but it seems like they're like they almost drowned in their coughing and, and having a fit. So I forgot about the tubes. What are the chances of? Then now we know they get rescued because we see it at the end of the movie. But what are the chances of another crew coming out there to rescue them? Wouldn't it be like, didn't we just send a rescue crew out there? Yeah, you would think um, because unless there was some place like a mining group on our, 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 our rescue group from the mining ship from Mars. So they were able to get there a little bit quicker because the days weren't as long as the other one, right? Because what? how long did it take to get from Earth to there? It was like 70 days or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. And so was it another 70 days or was it, it was a shorter amount of days? I don't remember how many days it was. I just remember like uh, Stark has a vision while she's yeah, exactly. in the tube. And who's to say? Because and, and I like that she had that vision because it shouldn't be over as far as like what happened to these people and yeah. the ship's effect. Maybe because uh, we, we find out that what drove the, sh- uh, the people on the ship crazy was that when the ship passed through the black hole, it ended up in like another dimension or something like that. That was like a hellish landscape. Um, and then it comes out on the other side So even though, so my assumption is that even though what seems like an instantaneous trip isn't necessarily instantaneous because you're going into an alternate dimension, right? So the time they spent in this other dimension that drove these people crazy, it could have been like a week. And then when they come out the other side of the hole, it only seems like it'd been five minutes. Yeah. So, but even though the... Is the uh, the gravity drive the source of the evil on the ship, or is the whole ship itself? Because the whole ship went into this alternate dimension, now infected. And if that's the case, then those people well, inside she was alive. She yeah. came back out alive. Yeah. So that means that the people that were still in the forward deck should still be subject to the ship's machinations. I mean, that is very true. That's actually, yeah, that makes complete sense. Because I was wondering how the hell they got away from the goddamn ship and they're still having fucking dreams like this with Weir. That's that's very true. I like that. Which also, then, why did the ship let him live? Who's to say that it did? 
might have killed well, them and that goddamn rescue crew. Uh, it, oh, that's interesting thought. Yeah, I mean, that could happen. Um, but let's assume that because it didn't let the other crew live. That's why I'm let. I like to believe that they're just not going to let this crew live. Well, I'm talking about it didn't, but none of the people that were on the previous crew were alive when the rescue crew came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. I get you on that. So it seems to me like, you know, if the ship was alive and if it wanted to, it could fuck with the little life pods or stasis pods or whatever they are. Yeah. But maybe it just wanted to spread to more people. Maybe. Now. To another, another weir that could build another engine. Well. Christine style. Do you even need another weir? I mean, surely there's records of how to no, build actually, it. Actually, yeah. You wouldn't need another weir. And also you can control people's minds. So you can control someone to make that fucking make another engine. Well, I just figured the government would want to make another one. Cause once they know that like it made it to the area, they're gonna be like you have to think that a big corporation is going to be like, Hey, that first one wasn't a big success, but the technology worked. Let's go ahead and make another one. We'll do better this time. Yeah. Cause greed, you know? Oh yeah. That's how that goes. <laughs> uh, what'd you think of the movie as a whole? Um, I was, when I watched it, I was, like I said, I didn't remember much about it at all. Uh, I think them, I had it half confused with the movie Sphere as well. I was telling Courtney about that halfway through. I was like, you know, I thought Sharon Stone was in this thing, man. I don't know what the hell I'm remembering. <laughs> what, what's that? what was she in? Sphere. I think that was. The oh, movie. Sphere. That's it. Yeah, yeah, Sphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that's what I was saying. But anyway, that's the joke I was making. Um, but yeah, watching it. Uh, like I said, you know, I remember enjoying it, thinking it was a good movie back whenever I was a kid. So I wasn't sure what to think now because, you know, I was a kid when I watched it. So I wanted to rewatch it and uh, really give it a good review, you know. But uh, it didn't disappoint. It's not something that I'm watching that's like, okay, yeah, that was fucking bad. That CGI is fucking terrible. Like, yeah. that is a fucking half star, you know? <laughs> uh, but the rest of it was interesting, and uh, it seemed like it had more potential than it actually used. Yeah. And for the most part, I do think it was good. It does. It is tacked on with some of the one-liners and shit that you get from the '90s, but that's just a sign of the time, you know. Yeah. Um, but for me, I'm landing probably around in the two and a half, probably about a two and a half star okay. situation. Yeah, I I agree with you on most of what you said there. Um, I think the movie had good ideas. I I stand by what I said. I think it needed more time to execute those ideas. Yeah. But. Given who the director is, I can't say for certain that if it had that extra time that it would have actually been, you know, plot, it could have just been more action scenes. And I don't think that's what the movie needed. I think the movie just needed to be able to simmer a little more. 
and yeah. and let things build. I said it had some interesting stuff. It was um it had you know visually the ship, like I said, I was a fan of it. I like that Warhammer forty thousand style, that look. Um I'm all for that. I liked Sam Neill as Dr. Weir. I just wish that it wasn't so instantaneous, like him losing his mind. The, like I said, it just needed more time. Yeah. Um, the, the one liners I could have done without, I, you know, I wouldn't even be opposed since you say it. I don't know that it would ever happen because you know, who's going to do this, but if they just went back and cleaned up the CGI, I mean, George Lucas did it with fucking star Wars. He went and, added yeah. stuff to them. I don't think like, Paramount's pulling much of their shit from back then. But it is funny because with Paramount Plus, you know, they're going to put all these movies out. You think they would be like, okay, look, which were some that we could kind of throw a little yeah. bit of money into? Because it would take little money to make it look better. Yeah. It ain't like you got to put $5 million into yeah. shit. Yeah. Just, just clean up the CGI. Make yeah. it look better. And I, I came down on three stars. Yeah. I, uh, I thought it was better than average. Yeah, it's the middle of the road for sure. Uh, I would definitely suggest it to someone for sure. Yeah. If you can just look past the CGI, it's good. You know? Yeah. But yeah. I don't blame them too much on that. And, and like I said, it was, um, I mean, I appreciate the effort. And if I'm looking at, I don't even know what all movies that Paul W.S. Anderson has done outside of Resident Evil. I'd have to go uh, back and look Mortal at Kombat. it. He did that original Mortal Kombat. So he oh, did, did another he? Comic, uh, video game. I would say this is my favorite movie of his that I know he of. He did Alien versus Predator or some shit like that, maybe. I don't know. Okay, this is still my favorite movie of his and I that, think that, that I know of. The thing. Yeah, we know he didn't do that. <laughs> it's like, you're not getting me on that one. So, Josh isn't here with us on this episode, but Josh is here with us in spirit. Cause I took the time to look up Josh's letterbox rating oh, for yeah, this yeah. movie. What was this? What was his I, rating? I was curious as to where he came down on this. And let me see if I can pull this up actually um, real quick before I announce his rating. Cause he usually writes something on his, you know, Josh can be clever when he wants to. And event. All right, before you say it, I'm going to guess. And I'm going to try to guess. Does it say when he uh, did it? Like when he wrote the review or whatever? Yeah. Oh, th- August 5th, 2020. All right, cool. All right, so let me think. Uh, Event Horizon. Space movie that flopped. And I know that he likes, you know, interesting space movies. You know what I'm saying? I know he's not like yeah. a space crazy person, but he he does like an interesting space movie. And this is what this movie is. So I would have guessed that he probably now he's going to knock the shit out of it for CGI because he would fuck it up, I'm sure. But I think that he probably gave it three and a half. Okay, here we go for the <laughs> listeners at home. <laughs> I'm going to make Daniel wait just a little bit longer. I'm going to read Josh's review. We're all in a suspense, even me. 
Anderson's best movie, maybe Soldier, which says more about his resume than this movie. It's The Shining Eats Alien. Any movie with Fishburne gets an automatic uptick for me. But with all the compliments I can give, Sam Neill is fantastic and the makeup is top notch. It's ultimately hindered by its weak director. What the fuck was up with the music choices in the opening and closing credits? Which is a good point. Very good point. We completely skipped that shitty ass opening credits. Because I blocked that it from my memory. It was terrible. It was. It looked like a sci fi movie, t- no, a sci fi channel television show <laughs> beginning credits. It was bad. It was, yeah. Two and a half stars. Wait, two and a half stars. That's what I gave it, right? Yep. Holy shit, that's crazy. And I was saying three and a half? Yeah. That's crazy. Like I said, it's a middle-of-the-road movie. It does have its bad things, and it does have its uh, good things, you know? And it is something that I would suggest to someone. So I I think what I'm going to do, because he's better about it than we are, these episodes when it's me and you, when it's me and Daniel, if Josh has a rating on the movie, I will share it with everyone at home. Yeah, and his little uh, quick write up of it. Yeah, and and Josh did. I don't know if he fussed at you about it, but he fussed at me about it. He said we needed to be better about putting our ratings on Letterboxed. Uh, he didn't say shit to me about it because I yeah. told him I didn't want to do it in the first place. I was like, just so you <laughs> I could rip on me on my ratings? Said, we're not going to rip on you on your ratings. I did that shit for one hour and rate a bunch of movies. And it's like, you gave this a fucking four? What the fuck is wrong with you, dude? And it's like, okay. I thought that you told me to put my honest. I don't know how to rate a fucking movie. I'm a fucking um, boat driver, dude. So, <laughs> so he, I haven't went back. He got on to me. He said that we needed to do a better job of putting our ratings up. And I don't I don't know if he meant just like putting up the ratings or if he actually wants us to write a review. Oh, I ain't writing no fucking review, bro. You I'm not even I'm not even rating him. He know he can't get a review out of me. And my thing is what I wanted to tell him was like, well, that's what we're doing on the podcast, so I ain't writing a review. I know, right? And it's more of a t- it's a more of a genuine uh on in the moment review, you know? Yeah. Because we could do, we could re-record this tomorrow, and it, I would have completely different. I don't even know if I'd have the same rating. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know, man. Oh, so shit. You, have you a look, star. This movie was really visionary. Four stars. Yeah, it sunk in a little bit, so it became my first five star movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> make sure for Josh's sake. Put your rating on letterbox for this movie. Yeah. What I should do is I should like uh copy and paste this review to my spot and then just put some oh. uhs and some you know what I'm saying? You should. And some man, that's crazy. Yeah, you should, you should. I'll tell you the reason why I'm horrible at putting my stuff up on letterbox is because I try to I try not to do it before the episode post. Yeah, because like if you're if you're a listener to the podcast, you're listening to our review, and you want to hear what we give it at the end of the episode. I don't want to spoil that by putting it up on Letterboxd beforehand. Yeah, that's always been the deal. The movies and, that we've done, it's like, hey, be sure to go put it on Letterboxd after the episode. Yeah, that's always been the deal. Because if that's the case, then why why don't people just go see what he put for Texas Chainsaw Massacre two? Pull that up and see if he's got a rating already for it. I'm sure he does. 
can you take them down after you do them? Do you have that option? Yeah. No, he doesn't. Interesting. I figured Touché, he did. Josh. Touche. Well, good deal. Good Dude, deal. I'm going to, uh, I never mind. I was going to try to put something in stone, but I forgot we're still recording an episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, well, let's wrap this up. So two and a half stars from Daniel, three stars from me, two and a half stars from Josh no. via Letterboxd. No. So we both would recommend watching it at least once. Correct. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think I'll watch this movie again. Yeah, I, I think I can see myself watching the movie again. So, it wasn't horrible. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Go watch it. Tell us what you think. You know, Facebook page, Very Unreasonable Things, uh, Instagram, Twitter, VUT Podcast. You know, let us know. YouTube, man. Oh, yeah, YouTube. Well, yeah. YouTube, that's well, a new thing. Yeah, for one video, you didn't want to you didn't want to video record this one, so we didn't. This one's not going to be on YouTube. There is one on YouTube though, and it's on uh, the channel State Inspector. Yeah. Um. So we decided, or I decided, because it was my turn to pick the next movie in our little space trilogy is going to be Galaxy of Terror, which is a 1981 Roger Corman flick. And the last Roger Corman movie that you and I covered, no, that wasn't Corman. That was Kaufman. Never mind. The last Corman movie that was covered on this podcast, and maybe the only one that was covered on this podcast so far, was Humanoids from the Deep. And that was a good time. I wasn't there for that one. So now I'll give yeah. you some Cormac. McCormick. What'd you say? McCormick? I didn't, say, mix? I, I didn't say McCormick. I said Corman. Roger Corman. Corman. But anyways, everybody, thank you for listening. We appreciate it so much, and we will see you next time. Take it easy.